and welcome to Chatting, a podcast where people chat about how they learn and use English. My name is Sam, I'm a CELTA teacher and a performer, and I have a particular interest in pronunciation and expression. In each episode, non-native and native speakers will chat about their experiences with English, share their advice, and, at the end, I'll give some pronunciation tips for you to take away and practice. So, ready? Let's get chatting. This episode, I'm chatting with Aurora. Aurora is originally from France and currently lives in the UK. She's a classical singer, a singing teacher and a French language coach. We met online for our chat as we're in different countries and the Wi-Fi held up pretty well. We chatted about the differences in the French and English sound worlds, learning English working in a pub, in this case the pub chain O'Neill's in the UK, and when you realise you get the joke in English. But I started by asking Aurora to tell me a little bit about herself. I am Aurora and I'm a classical singer, but also have a background in languages so languages were always my my passion from a very young age so i started studying um, english when i was 11 at sankari school and then uh, i kept going i went i went to latin which obviously i haven't been able to speak that much but was very useful <laughs> in terms of then understanding other languages and and with french as well understanding my native language mm-hmm. uh because obviously the the roots a lot of it is from Latin. Uh, and then when I went on to study German, it meant that I was able to understand declensions and, and all these concepts, which obviously is really important in German. And then I studied Spanish, uh, but then my favorite language was always English. So I went to university to, and decided to specialize uh, in English linguistics, literature and, and history. Where you're from and your accent would a person from France be able to tell where you're from? Do accents change a lot in France or is it quite a general sound? Yes, the, the, I come from the southwest of France in the Pyrenees, so the accent is very much recognisable there and completely different from the accent that you would have in the northern part of France or in Paris. And then we tend to have a more uh, singing way of, of speaking as well. We speak louder, I think, in general as well. <laughs> a lot of us come from the countryside, so you know, we're used to speaking outdoors, and then we're close to Spain. My side, we're close to Spain. The other side, they're close to Italy. And so again, uh, there is some influence there. You said that English was your favourite language from mm. school. What was it about English that you enjoyed? Well, you know, I don't know what it was specifically. I, I Sometimes there are things that just make sense to you and that you're just attracted to. So I guess I've always been attracted to the music of the English language. As I've said, I'm a singer and a musician. So I like the sound of the English language when you speak it and that softness to it. And then, of course, you know, growing up, all the pop and the cool stuff you would listened to was always in English. Um, So that's also, I think, been a very big part of it. Do you remember the shift from learning English at school to learning English at university? Because you said you studied linguistics. 
Was it very specific on the pronunciation side of it then, sort of the phonemes and the beats in the sentence, yes. that sort of thing? Yes, that was very much, not in the first year, but then uh, by the time it got more involved, also actually, you you didn't have to choose these modules, interestingly enough. Some of these modules you did, but, um, you know, because I was singing and I'd, at that point I had a singing teacher in France and I, I was really interested in exploring how to make these different vowels and sounds when I sang in different languages. And I was just at the beginning of really exploring that. So when I saw that there was an opportunity to, to do a module just on that at university, then I, I, I did it. And so, yes, that's where I learned about phonemes. Um, we had been taught already about phonetics, but uh, that's why I learned about the difference, even in sounds that, that seem similar in French and English. And I mean, these two languages, even though we live next door, they are so different. Mm. That certainly when it comes to the sound world, you couldn't be more opposite, really. Um, and I think sometimes people don't realize that. But something like, like a T or a D, you know, is going to be much more forward in your tongue in French. If I was speaking with a French accent now and I, I want a cup of tea, it will be a cup of tea because the K and the T in French are very much not uh, aspirated. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I had to learn that my tongue had to be in a slightly different position and I had to let some air through to sound British. So it will be a cup of tea. Um, so these all these nuances and and again not just imitating by ear but really understanding what you're doing and what are the differences with the language it is this i learned at uni because i i chose to specialize because i was fascinated Absolutely. with with these different sound worlds are there any particular sounds that you find tricky still or have you found ways to even everything out um i wouldn't say i find anything tricky by now it's not it's not in that sense that but then there's probably some sounds i think some sounds some sounds that are very difficult for french people is something like for people who know about phonetics the inverted v you know that uh sound that you get in sun part of me always feels like oh is it really native the way that i that i say it and i know that it's a very difficult one in fact i remember one of my first jobs <laughs> Because I first arrived and, and worked in the O'Neills for a few a few months. I mean, that I recommend anyone who wants to really know how to speak English, go and work in a pub. You will <laughs> meet and, and work with people with all sorts of accents and all sorts of background. This is really a baptism of fire, you know, after coming from university where I was really speaking as you write, really. Um, <laughs> It was quite a shock when they they laughed a lot when I was spoke really? because you know I would say like would you mind passing me the salt to this guy and he's like no I need to teach you how to speak nobody speaks like this <laughs> so you know this this is one of the issues when you learn not in the in the country but but in that quite formal way right. you know that I I was able to have these intellectual conversations or to write dissertations quite complex things you know but then when it came to speaking on a day-to-day -day level unless you're in the country really and and you interact with people that's when you learn and then i remember that when i first arrived the the hardest thing for me actually um was understanding people because of being in london and having this huge array of accents 
my manager was from Dublin, but then the assistant manager was from Belfast. I mean, that already you've got two <laughs> really interesting contrasting things. Another of my colleagues was from South Africa. And so you, you had to adjust your ear all the time, really, you know, going on the bus and the bus driver, again, all sorts of accents going on there. Mm. Um, so that, that was probably the hardest thing for me, actually, when I came, mm. um, because speaking, even though at the beginning, maybe I didn't speak in, in the most natural way, you know, but I was always ex able to express what I wanted to express. But then understanding people uh, regardless of their accent that that was that took me quite a few months to to get used to that and then also getting used to if you're going out with some people and you may be all sitting and by the time you, you know by the time you've got the joke they've moved on to <laughs> two conversations already <laughs> so this this way of training your your brain to sort of understand as you go along and being able to i remember being very frustrated because as you know i'm quite a communicative person uh that i wanted to react and say something funny but by the time i'd really digested what had been said and i my answer was there then they'd already moved on so it was very frustrating for a while do you remember that feeling when you finally had the language ready and at the level that you could get in quickly <laughs> to tell your <laughs> Or, you know, when you felt, yes, I got that, I understood that joke, that's hilarious, and then, you know, you could contribute quicker, you know? How yeah. Do you remember that sort of feeling? I remember that feeling, but it wasn't uh, an obvious moment. Okay. So it was something that happened quite gradually. Mm -hmm. um, and I think also, you know, making friendships and, and uh, you know, because that's also part of it, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Feeling that you're with people and you feel so comfortable with them that mm. you can, I don't know if like everything, you know, if you relax, then things tend to happen more easily. Mm. So I think forming friendships and just by that, having the opportunity to talk more in English, obviously, you know, to, to, and to have proper conversations with people, because that's a big part of it, you know, otherwise you only know and learn how to interact for the basic things in life. But that's why, you know, again, another thing I would say to people, if you can, if you're learning English, go and live, you know, whether it's in England or America, go and live in, in, in an English speaking country for however long you can, because making these, these relationships and having this opportunity to talk on different subjects, to have the vocabulary throughout all these subjects, and that, that's what makes it easier for you to react quickly because you've talked about these different things before. So, and you know, humor is such a big part of the culture here in England. It's a very specific type of humor. But yeah, again, that's something that's very difficult to learn in books because that humor is so ingrained in everything you say at every level of society here. And that sort of deadpan humor, you know, that you just said something funny but then the person might not be sure because you didn't change anything in your face. That's, that's very British, that. And that, that is a whole other level of really speaking a language, which is to do with the, with the culture. Um, because it's not just about knowing the words, it, it, it's about really understanding how people communicate in that language and how they use the words to, in the case of the English language, very often to say one word, but mean the opposite. Mm. And how do you understand that? How, how, do you, how do you notice that in that slight 
physical change in that person or um, just because you've been in enough situations like that that you know oh, yes they don't they don't mean it reiterate what I said that you know uh, learning a language you have to put the work in but it's fun yeah. because it's not a matter of oh I don't know and then one day I know on the way you're constantly being able to do new things to say new things to understand new things mm. so it's a really fun journey but you have to look at it as a, as a journey and and really enjoy it on the way and I think one big thing that I would say don't be afraid to make mistakes you know because um that is how first of all that's how you learn and and also it's only by communicating for the, your brain has to put together all these different things for you to really be able to to become more fluent in that language mm -hmm. so speak and speak and speak and it doesn't matter if there are mistakes um you know you will learn from them but people will still understand you and while you're in that process you will make mistakes until one day you know, suddenly you realize you're not really make, making mistakes anymore. But I think, like I was saying before, when, when was that moment that I felt, oh God, it's like being in France for me, you know, I can, I'm thinking in English, I'm speaking English with people, I can have the same humor, I, I can react like this, like I was in French. There wasn't a moment, it just happened gradually. So it's the same with making mistakes and all these things, you just keep doing it until as, as you improve, then, you know, one day you won't. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> this is a really great point from Aurora. Language learning is a journey, so enjoy it. We know it can be frustrating at times, but the feeling of success when you ask a good question, understand a conversation or get a joke is totally worth it. So, this episode's pronunciation tip is about, as Aurora said, the inverted V. This is the symbol on the International Phonetics Alphabet chart that looks like an upside-down V, or like a pointy hat. This is the uh sound, and can be a tricky one for learners when they want to make the difference between uh and o. Oh. When you make these two sounds, notice how your mouth shape changes. Relax your jaw and tongue, open the mouth for a, uh, and then move your lips forward a little to make o, uh, almost like your lips are making an o shape. A, uh, o. Uh. Here are three sentences to practice the different sounds. First, the words cup what you use to hold tea or coffee, and cop, an informal word for a police officer. Try this sentence. This cup belongs to that cop. Next, the words hot, a high temperature, and hut, a small building usually made of wood. Try this sentence. Is it hot in that hut? Finally, the words bottom, the part of your body you sit on, or the base or end of something, and button, something you press, or something on your clothes to fasten them. Try this sentence. Press the bottom button to get in. So, to recap, these sounds have very similar mouth shapes, just bring your lips forward a little to change from the 
a to the o. Over to you to practice. So there we are. The transcript of this episode is available to read on the podcast's webpage, so take a look. Join me next time for more pronunciation and grammar tips, more advice, and most importantly, more chatting. My thanks again to Aurora, and for her music, a huge thanks to the wonderful Mara Carlisle. Bye for now. Thank you.